0: Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison and you are listening to the Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. We'll just say it straight away. Pablo Goede no puede. Last night, um, which was a Tuesday night, Pablo Goede was sacked as the manager of Malaga. A 3-1 away loss to Tenerife finished off Guedes' time at Malaga Club de Football with many fans and fan groups voicing their displeasure for the Argentinian and his staff and even those above him as well. We will look back on that loss at Tenerife and fair to say we have a lot to talk about in regards to that game but that Guerre de sacking has led us on to the highway to Mel, as Pepe Mel has already been named as the new head coach and will be in the dugout for our game at home this weekend against Villar- Villarreal B. But first, speaking of B teams, let me introduce you to my two co-hosts who always make my A team. Good evening, Nick Bell.
1: I thought you were going to call us your B team then.
0: Oh, no, I turned I turned around. Teased you. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: very well, thanks, Matt. How
0: are you? I am very good. Busy week in work and busy week following Malaga with all sorts going on. Alex Ashmore, good evening. And have you kept up with all this Malaga stuff this week? I have.
2: It's been, it's been quite the whirlwind well of a week, actually. I mean, you know, I've gone from supporting Pablo well to, well, not being able to now, because he's gone. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to talking about that and our, our new manager. And then also um, something that I just realised the other day, actually, obviously, Ontiveros left us a few years ago, so we'll be playing him this weekend because he's playing for VRLB now.
0: Yes, I looked at their squad, I think, and I didn't actually spot his name, but maybe I just jumped over it. So, uh, OK, we will come to that then, but... Uh, Actually, Alex, I'm going to stick with you then, um, because you've just said you were supporting Pablo Guedi and now you can't, which implies that maybe you were still slightly in his corner. So how do you feel about him being sacked um, just 48, oh well, no, 24 hours ago still?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was clinging on to all hope that he could turn things around, but yeah... <laughs> Yeah, he seemed like the, the right sort of guy when he came into the club, you know, seemed like he had some, some you know, good tactics that we were using. I remember the first game against, uh, against via the league, we seemed to play much better than we had been playing. And then, yeah, it just all seemed to peter off. And I, I hope maybe it's just the new squad and they can, you know, get used to playing with each other and then they'll be playing like a, a proper team soon. But yeah, it's uh, just a, you know, a bit disappointing, really. I, I sort of... Wasn't yeah? You know, it wasn't one of those managers that
0: I was falling in love with, but I, I liked him a lot. I had a soft spot for him. Okay, so uh, Nick, obviously, over the last few weeks, we've sort of gone from Pablo Guede, Puede. Um, I was certainly, I think, I called myself a Pablo Guede, Puede skeptic last time, but that was being polite. I think. I think I was pushed towards the Pablo Vettia. Um How do how do you feel about this sacking? Um,
1: I'm. I, I, you saw the writing was on the wall really um, you know I think I was the optimist amongst most I really pinned my colours to the mass with an opinion piece which in hindsight probably looks a bit daft now the, the frog has completely slipped um, but I think in, in in the end the club have got to make the decision that's right for everybody and the fan th- uh, thoughts and processes have got to be part of that so if they're against him it's hard to turn that ship around really so I think it was the right decision to make, um, as sad as it is, but, you know, he'll always be a, a legend at Malaga here regardless.
0: Yes, um, I should... I, I don't know, I think particularly watching that game against Tenerife, and I don't want to talk about it too much because we'll do that in the next part, but the sort of sense I got is just this team aren't learning and like as if like they're not being coached properly or coached out to do things differently or to eradicate the mistakes we're making, which seems to be the same mistakes. And that's just a sign of it's just not happening. And I've had that feeling probably since the first game this season against Burgos, where I just thought we were awful. And then that game against Las Palmas, where perhaps I made excuses by... Las Palmas were obviously pretty good that game as well. Although, you know, they were absolutely sparkling. They didn't have much to do against us. They just took advantage of our mistakes. But yeah, my feeling like when I was thinking about... The whole Pablo Guede era, which obviously is quite a short-lived era. I don't even know if we can use the word era, really. Um, it's just a bit of an anti-climax, I think. Because when I was thinking, again, I was going to ask you guys this question, and I, I, I've got a feeling you'll say the same answer as me was, being the high point. I think it's probably that first game when when we drew 2 all with Valladoid and... In the sun and there was, you know, 2-0 up for a bit and it was after Nacho Gonzalez, who's, you know, football was particularly flat under him. Um, it was just really exciting. And I know we perhaps beat Tenerife 2-0 away last season, but I don't know. I can't really think of many other real, oh, you know, that's a Pablo Guede performance. Um, do you agree with any of that, Alex?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you're probably right there. I think the, the league game was probably the best example. And, you know, we had that excitement of the new manager coming in. And uh, I remember a few a few people, well, I heard a few rumours and I, well, I think I was maybe one of them hoping he was going to be like a, a Marcelo Bielsa, but it wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really that sticks out as like, oh, wow, we beat that team 4-0 when we were struggling and they were top of the league.
0: Yeah, and I guess with the Tenerife result we had last season, I should keep adding because we certainly didn't get a result away this week, um, I remember us recording that podcast and being a little bit, I don't know, shocked. So even that was not like, oh, yeah, we're really turning it on. I was like, oh, where did that come from? So I don't know, looking in hindsight now, which obviously is the easiest place to look back from, there's really not too much to celebrate from, I don't know, the last few months apart from... I think I said, like, I'm a sucker for sound bites, and he talked really well and I fall for all that stuff. I know I do. So maybe it's taken me a bit more time to get to this position. Um, what, uh, what do you think, Nick? Are there any sort of other high points or any real marks he's made upon this team and squad?
1: I think you're right that he he he, he said everything you wanted to hear. You know, he's that kind of bloke, maybe, you know, that talks a big game and then, you know, doesn't do exactly what he says he's going to do. So, yeah, it's it's a mixed emotion, really, because you can kind of forgive him. I know Chris keeps saying this about, you know, you can't count what he did last year because he picked up a team that wasn't his. And, you know, he tried to save us. But there's also a like the other argument saying we were kind of saved by everyone else being mm-hmm. so poor. And this season, it is his team. He has only won one game, and that is the only against a team that is the only team below us in the table. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's just one of those. We're all about Melanetta. Is it, would it be the Melanetta? Well,
0: I, the Melanetta? I, I, I tried to, I said we're on the highway to Mel in the uh, intro, but I suppose... I, yeah, I suppose we are getting on the highway to Mel, I, I suppose we can, I, I was, I have, I, I won't lie, I've spent a lot of today trying to think of a Pablo Goede Puede replacement for Pepe Mel, and I've not quite got there yet, Um I did come up with uh, uh, La Casa de Pepe Mel instead of La Casa del Papel, like the TV show, but uh We'll see. Maybe if we win a few games at home. If we win at home um, this weekend, by the way, that's the name of next week's episode. That That's in the bag. Um, but yes, uh, send in your rhyming, uh, Pepe Mel, uh, encouraging chant slogans. Um, so you've brought us on to Pepe Mel there. Um, I sort of thought... You know, obviously, I'm going to ask you guys what you think of it. But, um, I did, uh, message our friend Matt Rains of Las Palmas fandom fame. And I asked him, like, what did he think? And he said, Oh, I'm driving at the moment. Can I send you a, well, I'm a, he was about to drive. He wasn't on the phone and dr- uh, driving, I will add. Um, he said, I'll send you a voice message. So I will play his voice message just to give, uh, the last palmas view on Pepe Mel because obviously that was his last club and he was there for four seasons. So here's Matt on Pepe Mel.
3: So yeah, um, Pepe Mel to Malaga. The uh, as it turns out, Pablo Uh Pepe Mel as far as I know has been in the area since um, leaving Las Palmas. He's forever on Instagram in places like Sevilla, Cordoba, and, and Malaga and whatever. So he's in the area. It's a, a sensible appointment in my eyes. Um, you guys, will know from speaking to me recently um, and over the course of the last few years, I just want the consistency of the club. Um, it's a different task, but one thing that I think he will give you is a, like a, just a base, um, to start from a little bit stubborn in terms of tactics um, plays one way weren't necessarily uh, sort of change it up too much and I think the main criticism that we've now seen is that there was a bit too much play from you know the back four sideways backwards passing and maybe a lack of urgency moving forwards but at the end of the day my opinion is if you haven't got the ball then you can't score so so long as as uh, so long as teams are keeping the ball, then, then, you
0: know, work on Pepe Mel improve you. So there you go. That is Matt Reigns on Pepe Mel. So I'll, you know, you can reflect on what Matt said there as well. But I'll, I'll start with you, Alex. Um, when this, it seemed to be a very fast appointment. There was obviously, there was rumours last night and it was pretty much confirmed this afternoon straight away. And it is confirmed now, just to be really clear. Um, how do you feel about Pepe Mel, new Malaga manager?
2: excited I think it's nice to have and I think for the first time in a while and this is without wanting to offend you know the managers we've had previously but first time in a while where we've had a manager that's known for doing you know a good job at some clubs he obviously was at West Brom for a while you know had most of his time in Spain at Betis I think he's probably known for the most in Spain and you know from looking at his career it's good to see that he does stay at clubs for more than you know six months or a year he's been at Betis two stints he had three years the first time I think and two years the second time and you know he was at Las Palmas for three or four years as you said so I think you know consistency is what Malaga need and hopefully with the experience that he has he can bring that to us and well you never know get us back to where we belong in La Liga
0: yeah definitely and obviously um, you talked about success there he has got teams promoted from this league uh, Betis like you said and he's taken uh, Rayo Vallecano from the third tier and almost from the third tier up to the Primera so he's um you know he's got good good vibes in this league and you know I like obviously Matt's been on the podcast quite a few times when they've been under Pepe Mel and he always seemed to be very supportive of him and uh, generally Las Palmas have done fairly well in the last few years under Pepe Mel obviously not quite as didn't take them to the playoffs like they did last year, um, like, you know, where they got to last year, but um, he seems to have done a good job there. So, uh, Nick, what about you? How do you feel about this appointment?
1: Is the term Spanish Sam Allardyce a bit too harsh? Um, that's the kind of vibes um, I'm maybe getting a little bit, you know, as Matt was saying there, somebody who plays a certain way and won't have it said any other way. Uh, I was looking into him as well, and everyone remembers, obviously, from going to West Brom, but... I only really remember him being there for like six months, mm. something like that. He wasn't there a long time. Uh, but one thing I did take away from this, Matt, was that his first win for West Brom as manager was against a um, certain Welsh city, it was indeed. Uh, one of his followers. So,
0: um, it was indeed. I remember it.
1: Don't leave it bittersweet. Hopefully you can forgive him.
0: Yes, I can. I, I should say with the West Brom thing as well, I think he was there a whole season. I think he took over at the end of one season, kept them up. And then I think he stayed the whole of the next season and didn't really get them, you know, nothing too exciting happened there. They stayed up, but uh, I, I think that's what happened. Anyway, I'll have to... No,
1: it was, um, it was only from
0: January to May. Really? Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I was thinking, I think he was going to stay for the next season. That's right. And then they were like, nah. And I think I think he didn't really fit either. I think it was quite a mutual thing as well. So no you're right. Now that's sort of come back to me. I think they gave him an eighteen month contract and that's why I've got that in my head. Um I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Oh, sorry Alex, I don't got- know
2: if, I don't know if you've seen there's a, a funny video going around Twitter from Malaga fans at the moment where a journalist asks FML how he's gonna play football when he's managing Betis. And I think it, the the most dry sort of you know quite a British response actually, but you know with a with a ball and eleven blokes on a field, and we're going to try and put that ball in those three posts at the end, and you get a point. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll, I'll take that if he if he can work that game plan out, I am all for it. Um, yeah, to me, like a thing that I, I think with the players we've got at the moment. Um, I think he'll, he'll fit in well and with the job that needs to be done at the moment. And obviously the main thing we have is we have lots of players or certainly three players. And I think they might even, they've played for him at Betty's and no player. He has managed no player more in his entire career than Ruben Castro and him and Ruben Castro have a very good relationship. So that's exciting for us to try and, you know, we've talked on this podcast of sort of unlocking Ruben Castro somehow and really getting the ball to him and getting him goals um Ndaya was really good for him when Betis got promoted um yeah he's he's got a relationship with some of these players you know he's like uh, Matt said he's got this link to Andalusia now I guess although I think I think he's from Madrid if i remember rightly but uh yeah i'm i'm pretty happy about it really um you know it's I mean, you know my pulse was absolutely accelerated with excitement this morning when i heard it was probably going to be him because I think the one I've, you know, if in an ideal word, and I've mentioned him on this podcast several times, you know, Paco Jemez doesn't have a job. I would have loved him, but I just don't think he fits the players we've got at the moment. His style, you know, we don't have the players for it. So it would have been fun. <laughs> and I would have be, been, if we were recording this podcast, talking about Paco Jemez, I would be giddy and excited. But deep down, I think this isn't going to work. So um, I've not heard a better suggestion than Pepe Mel. Um... So we'll see. Uh, am I right in saying as well, Alex, that mel is, is that mel honey? Uh,
2: miel is honey. Ah, oh, miel, yeah, that's it. Oh. Um, I had a question g- I was going to ask you guys actually. I don't know what you think of, and uh, I've you know been been reading it today and we tweeted out earlier that he's only signed till the end of the season. Do you reckon that's a case of just seeing how it goes and then yeah. giving him another contract, or what yes. would you think about
0: that? Right. I-, I think it's See how it goes. Um, I, I, I guess as well, I don't know, I, I, you know, we've told on the club's finances, they are better, but they're not incredible. Uh, we've paid off a few managers already. I, I don't know if we could have, I don't know, afforded to, if something went wrong to send off another, you know, we could have afforded to, I'm sure, but it would have been damaging. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know what you think, Nick.
1: I think it's exactly what you said. It's uh, short-termism, yes um really from the club in terms of right Well, let's see where we get to at the end of the year he might keep us up at a canter but he still might look in a different direction depending on what their targets are um i'm, I'm very much in, in your school of thought mate it's not the most inspiring choice and there are so many more exciting opportunities out there in terms of management but what this club really need at the minute is a safe pair of hands and i think that's what pepe mel gives you as Matt as said before you're not going to get the you know the most exciting football in the world, but you'll get a consistent, you know, 2 points average over the course of a season and you'll be there, thereabouts. Because let's not forget, he was kind of let go from Las Palmas in mm. quite auspicious circumstances because yeah. they they're only just outside the playoffs at the time, weren't yeah, they? So, yeah. you know, maybe we need to do some more blue-sky thinking, but it's hard to do that as a Malaga fan at the minute when we're on our... When we've had more Malaga managers than we've had prime ministers and monarchs in 2022, it's
0: crazy. Yes, um, we should add as well that um, he will be joined by Nacho Perez, who's coming in as his number two, who has been the coach of Malaga Femenino over the last uh, couple of years. So, you know, we've talked about him on this pod. Oh, we talked about how well that team's done on this podcast, particularly last season. So. I don't know, that seems a good move to me. I'm sure it's a disappointment for the feminino side of our club, though. So, yes... Pepe Mel watch has begun and we'll talk about our game against Villarreal B or B later, later, later. I turned all Spanish then. Um, just some quick other bits of news. Um, I know one of them applies to you a bit more, Nick, that our games against Andorra and Leganes have been decided. We're going. I didn't realise we were playing Leganes on a Wednesday and it's a bank holiday here and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I can say I have started looking at trains and debating it. I've not quite committed yet. Because uh, I will have work on the Thursday, so um, watch this space. But uh, we're playing Andorra nine o'clock on a Sunday. Does that rule it out for you, Nick?
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely gutted. Mm-hmm. I'm over for the weekend, flying in on Friday night late, and then leaving Sunday night late. So uh, yeah, as the uh, kickoff is started at La Rosaleda, I'll be on a plane back to Manchester, uh, which is just sub sort of law, really. You know. Yeah. I, yeah, a Saturday evening would have
0: been ideal. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go, actually, because getting back to Marbella that night might be a bit of an issue, but uh, we'll we'll work on that. Um, yeah, and the other bit of news, um, we've been nominated for an award thanks to you, our listeners. Um, they, we were nominated for Best International Podcast last year, and this year there is no international podcast. We're up for... Best New Content Creators at the Football Content Awards so um, I, I don't know, do, do you guys have anything to add on that?
2: Well, thank you very much to everyone who who voted for us and if you haven't already, you can now vote for us in the finals um, you go onto our Instagram and you'll see all the information there and on Twitter as well there's two ways of voting, you can at us in the comments on Instagram on the Football Content Awards page uh, that they've posted about the uh, award that we're up for. And the other way is through their website. So all of the information is on our Twitter. So please do go and vote if you find yourself with a spare minute.
0: Yes, and...
1: I think there's a, an opportunity here for us to unite Spanish football in yes. under one umbrella from my perspective. So I was looking through all the finals for the different sort of content, uh, all the categories. And I believe, unless there's one that's under a really strange name that I don't understand, we are the only representation from La Liga Football, or La Liga Smart Bank for definite, in this competition. So Uh what we could ask to do is let's get all the other... Spanish content creators out there, let's get the, you know, the TSFP or whatever it's called. <laughs> Maybe get the name right might help. Uh, Spanish segunda show. Let's unite everybody. Get behind the Geary Cast. Vote for us, and we'll win it in a landslide. And we can bring it home for Spanish football.
0: Come under the Geary Cast umbrella with us. It's lovely and dry, and I can't think of how to finish that metaphor. I was thinking of rain and victory, but I haven't quite worked it out. Um so we'll leave that metaphor there. But yes, please vote for us. Um yes and as Nick said I think you are right. I i don't think there's many international podcasts the more I think about it. Um
1: I like the uh if you go through the categories as well because this is gonna be quite fun but there's people like uh Fabrizio Romano is up for best yeah, influencer, yeah. Laura Woods, Maya Garma um, and Mark it, Goldbridge from the United Way. So you know we're 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 in there with some really big people.
0: <laughs> I I cannot wait because I think the award shows in Manchester, isn't it? And I believe, uh I think Chris is already getting fitted for a suit again. Already, he's very excited. I can't wait for uh, Chris Marquez to meet Fabrizio Romano in a hotel in Manchester. that was a two two worlds collide there. I think uh, two very different worlds. But uh, yes, like Alex said. It's all on our social medias. You can find how to vote. It would be really nice if you did. And like Nick said, you know, get let let us back Spanish football. We we are just a just a, a little uh, representative of that. But uh, back to more. Um, we, we're talking about a you know finalists and victory. There we're going to talk about a defeat in the next part. So let's go and talk about that game against Tenerife. <laughs> Uh, The decisive game of Guede's reign last season came away to Tenerife when Malaga won 2-0 at Helidoro. And they were three points, which were massive in keeping Malaga in the segunda. This season, the trip to the Canary Islands has proved to be equally decisive for Guede, but not for the right reasons for him, as it is basically... The game which has put the nail in the coffin for him. Malaga sunk to a 3-1 defeat on Monday evening. And that keeps them very much stuck down there in 21st place. And four points away from safety at this early, early stage in the season, we should add. Um, let's go back to the start of that Monday night then. And the start in eleven. Not too much changed. Juan de was dropped. Um, I think a little harshly, but I saw lots of other people saying that's right. So maybe I'm not seeing things clearly there. Um, Bustiánza came back in. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on the starting eleven, particularly before we kicked the ball?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing too out of the ordinary. I think, you know, obviously Bustiánza has just come back from injury, so he's back in the squad, and, you know, uh, I think, interesting to see, I guess, a sort of different style of formation, it felt like a 4-3-1-2, if you could say it like that, really, um, but, you know, a few more few more bodies in the midfield, um, Alex Favre's a bit further forward, and yeah, nothing too surprising, I'd say.
0: Um, and what about you, Nick? Um, Bustinza in for Juan de seems to be the only one. Did you want to see any more changes, or were you quite content?
1: It seems strange to bring in Bustinza for Juan in my opinion, when you could have put Bustinza in alongside Juan as you, you know, maybe your more natural centre back pairings. But um, and brought a Scassi into midfield, maybe. Um, but you know, it seemed to be more of the same. I thought um, Day had a very interesting position this week, like a quarterback, yes. so to speak, wasn't
0: it? Well, I watched the game at home this time instead of in a bar. So I was like, oh, I can make some notes while I watch. And the first thing I wrote in my notes was um, die as a sweeper. He was pretty much, he was always in between, or certainly for the first 10 minutes, he was always between the two centre-backs and seemed to be popping up everywhere, which, um, to be honest with you, I didn't think worked that badly. He seemed to be in good positions all the time. We looked quite steady and we seemed to be switching formations quite fluidly at the time. Um, I don't know, did, did you feel that way, that we were quite steady at the start of the game?
2: I think, you know, it's want to tell. I think, you know, we we seen, obviously, the more bodies in midfield, I think, help. But then, I don't know, going forward, uh, whether having in the IA because he does offer something going forward I think in the IA I think he has that you know he's, he can place a good pass but also he does help out in defense but yeah I don't know it's it's an interesting one I think uh, I'd like to see maybe more help going forward with Febass. I think Febass on his own behind the strikers is maybe not where I'd like to see him I'd like him in a midfield too within the IA I think they work quite well and yeah, you know, out of all the things for there to change, that's probably not the one thing I would have said to change.
0: Yeah, I think Fairbass was, I said we started the game fairly calm and in control, but it felt a bit like um, the week before, really, didn't it, where we were keeping the ball, but sort of being left to keep the ball. And I think it was in well, the 10th minute, it was before they scored anyway, where Fairbass went on that sort of, starting run sort of down the left side and then into the box and sort of cut it across goal. And I think that was it really for Real sort of creating a chance. And in a way, I was, when I watched it back again, I think we should have done better with that chance, actually. It's not like he put a bad ball in. It was perhaps a bit of bad luck. He sort of went two out, like between our two attackers rather than, in, you know, on one of them, I guess. Uh, Nick, how do you feel we, we started this game?
1: I think it's more of the same really. there hasn't been a time this season where I've looked at it, apart from the last Palmas game where I've um gone, Oh, we've started really poorly, oh we look really bad. We we've we've looked quite sure of ourselves in most games so far. And this was no exception, but it's as you said there, Matt, it's kind of like they, they're quite happy for us to have the ball, you know, do your passing routines, knock it across the back three perfectly fine. Do what you want, but you're not going anywhere near this goal. So for all the possession that we were having and all the little darting runs we were, we're making, we we was to no effect. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe like you say, the Pablo Guede optimism has washed off finally now, but it, <laughs> it, it was just kind of like a bland start. And obviously we were we were down very early on as well.
0: Yeah, so it was the 10th minute. Tenerife scored. Um, they, they hadn't really, you know... Packed any punch up until that point, but when, you know, they took advantage of us when we opened up a bit and, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I've just got the image of, uh, Bustinza chasing back that sort of, uh, the, the guy that was running down the side of the box and passed it back or sort of put his foot on the ball and sent Bustinza for his dinner in the stands and then just passed it across the goal for, or across the box for the goal. Um, Alex, uh, are we, where do we even start with this goal?
2: Just a shambles all round, really. I think you know, uh You know, obviously he's, he's he's trying to make up for well where Juan Fran should be, um, and obviously he's you know maybe because of that he's not been able to mark Enrique Gallego. But then also probably point the finger at Escassi because you know quite a minimal attempt to block the shot. I know it's coming at quite a speed, but still, you know, I, I'd expect it. Even if it's been shot out of a cannon, I expect you to jump in front of it. You know, that's that's your job as a defender to you know make tackles, block shots. And it was very minimal. You know, uh, Manuel Arena was never going to get there. So you know, quite disappointing all round, really.
0: Yes, um, Nick, what did you make of the goal?
1: The fact it's come from, I think it was either our free kick or a corner or something like that, if I remember rightly, and we've yeah, been caught it. on the break. Uh, but Dinza, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk more about his game going forward in this chat. But to go to ground the way that he did, the, the guy's going absolutely nowhere. He's tapped it up against the, the sideline, and he's gone to ground and given the chance to to put the ball back into danger. Yeah. You know, it was a complete head gone for, for, for me. Uh, and obviously everyone else is just doing their best to get back. But, you know, for for this game, Tenerife didn't look fantastic. And I think we made them look better than they actually were.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, there was one camera angle like sort of behind behind the touchline. And they you could see Bustinza and it was on him. And he was the strain on his face to get back, it made me feel a bit sorry for him in a weird sort of way. It was just like, he looked so helpless. And then when he got there, he was just sort of, just completely missed the ball and obviously passed in, smashed into Javi Jimenez, who I don't think we can say, we can't really blame him. He, You know, what can he do there? It just sort of hits him and goes in, doesn't it? Um, maybe, I don't know, Manolo Reyna could have give a shout because I think it was going towards him, but it was all very, you know... Hit a hit at pace, I think. Yeah, it's just all a bit of a mess. And and to be honest with you, I I don't know what you guys thought. After that goal, uh, as the half went on, I just thought we got worse. Um, I think where we started, quite calm and composed. And as if we were saying, right, we're in trouble, like, you know, as in where we are in the league, let's just take things slowly and work our way into the game. And then I think in after the goal, we just... <clears throat> just all the passing was sloppy it was just everything we were doing slightly well before had gone Juan Fran was out of position a lot well they were, Bustinza was just a mess yeah it just wasn't very good for the remainder of the half I, I don't know if you guys saw anything different to me but was there any any positives after that goal did we react
2: <laughs> it sort of felt flat I think yeah I don't know <laughs> No. I'm struggling here I'm well, clutching against the balls
0: well let, let's let's go to how we did eventually react and um, forgive me I can't remember I think it might have been our friend Irish leaving on Twitter um, he said obviously we scored just before half time and he said that's the exact sort of goal we always concede and it went our way this time so a, a sort of ball into the box sort of bobbled around their defender heads it up in the air and Alex Gallard is there just to smash it in on the volley from about ten yards, and it sort of came from nowhere. Nick,
1: well, but this, like you were just saying there, it's a goal that we concede all the time, and for, for both sides, you know, I don't think Tenerife should have felt bad for going in at, as a one-one draw. Hmm. You know what I mean? We didn't deserve the goal, but on the face of it, they didn't deserve theirs either. The football in the first half. Was just turgid, in yeah. my opinion. Um, you know, it just wasn't a decent game of football. I think I said it on Twitter the other night, saying it was the fact that the um, game for Malaga was the most boring thing I'd watched that day, and I'd watched a state funeral for most of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it That's... was, an, it felt like. No one wanted to do anything, um, but it was good for Alex Gaillard, good for him to get the goal. You know, if you can get a few more of those this season, obviously uh, fantastic. But yeah, it wasn't as if I was up on my uh, seat cheering and going crazy for it because it just came out of nothing and I was already halfway through a book.
0: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't jump out of my seat. I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> Where's that come from? Um, yeah, Alex Gaillard did have a few... Sort of, he had one long range free kick, which wasn't far off actually, but it was never going in. Um, Alex, what did you think of his goal and his performance overall?
2: I think it nicely taken. goal. I think it had a deflection slightly, did because, it? You know, you get where you take. I think so, okay. it looks like it. You know, the more you know, at first, obviously, it looks like it goes straight in, but the more I look at the highlights, it looks like it slightly comes off the defender. Um, but no, I think overall. You know, fair, fairly impressed with with his performance. I think you know he's he's showing some talent. You know we know he, he's capable of of good things, but I think you know just trying to get the the best out of him, and hopefully Pepe Mel can can find that. And you know whether that's playing him in the middle or playing him out wide like he is, I think you know it's 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 good to see that he's uh, well. That goal will give him the world of confidence. So yeah, it's a good thing. Only positives from that, I think.
0: He, I think I said on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, there is no footballer in this whole squad that fascinates me as much as Alex Gallard. I can't remember. Was it the Miranda's game when we actually won? And I was like, this guy's awful. He does something amazing. Then he's awful. And I wrote down in my notes for this game at half time. This is very Alex Gallard. And then our friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Carl messaged or uh, put on Twitter or tweeted me saying, "This is the most Alex Gaillard performance ever." And I was like, "Yes, this this guy is mad. I just do not know what to make of him. He's um, he, he's always like ten minutes, he's zero out of ten. Then he's always like nine out of ten. It's it's funny. Um, uh, do we have any strong views on Alex Gaillard, um, Nick?" I, I like him. I like him uh, too. I yeah. love him. He's fun, but I, I <laughs> don't know what to think of him. <laughs> I
1: think he, I think he's a player that's very play that is playing out of his dimension. Is what I'm going to say. Mm. I think under Guede, he's, he's not really being put in a position where he can flourish. I think under Pepe Mel, he'll certainly play him in a, in a way that will bring the best out of him on it because I think that's what. Pepe Mel's probably going to be good at putting players in boxes and saying, that's your job, go out there and do it. So I think we'll see more 8 out of 10 performances from him this season rather than the box of cats he's been so far.
0: Yeah, he seems to just get the ball from about 40 yards out on the right wing and always cuts in on his left and sort of tries to whip it in. That seems to be his thing, doesn't it? And, and then when he, when he tries to do something different, it's usually quite good. So hope, um hope Pepe Mel can... Uh, spot that. Um, I don't really think there's too much to say about Malaga's start to the second half. It felt very samey and I think I'll use your word here Nick very turgid. Um, Tenerife seemed to come out with a little bit more spice to them and seemed to be coming at us a bit more but nothing too you know nothing too threatening but then um, Bustinza gets a book in and then Gets a second yellow card for a, a stupid, stupid tackle on the edge of the box, which he didn't really need to make. Uh, Alex, what, what do we? Any? What do we say about Bustinza's performance?
2: I mean, yeah, just stupid, really. I think you know, obviously, when you're on a booking, you've got to be extra careful, and he wasn't. You know, went in quite recklessly for that challenge. You know, I think it's a fair decision from the referee to give him that second yellow, and you know, uh, quite disappointing really because maybe it could have been a different story if he just stayed on the pitch. You know, I think with with ten men, it just makes the work, it makes the job a whole lot harder. And you know, we held we held out for an extra you know fifteen minutes, but I think once that second goal went in, we were we were finished.
0: Again, I should add uh, Irish leaving on Twitter. I think I th- I think I put tweeted something to the effect that. Uh, uh, Bustinza, this is the worst performance I've seen by a centre back in a long time. But, um, Irish Levin said that he's been quite impressed with him in general overall. And when, like, not this game, he said he was awful that, but, um, since we've signed him. And when I thought about it, I was like, actually, I have not noticed him at all. I know he's been injured and uh, things like that as well, but in the other games, I can't remember thinking, oh, he's good. Um, so, Nick, what, what is your general view of Bustinza and, and obviously, what did you think of his performance here?
1: I think, to be fair, we've, we've, we've not seen the best of him just yet because he's not been played in his true position. This is probably the first time, maybe the second time this year, that he's been played as a centre-back. At one point, he was out at right-back yeah. as well. I think he had a horrendous game then too. It might have been against last power, if I remember rightly. Hmm. Um Maybe the kinder side of me is going to forgive him a little bit because he has just come back from injury. You know, he's trying to get up to the pace of the game and he's just absolutely thrown it. He's not had a great one out whatsoever. The other side of me is going to say, and if you want to get your beat button ready, no professional, decent, experienced defender should be throwing a fucking challenge like that in at the edge of his own box from behind it's just not the done thing it's just daft play again the player's got his back to goal he's going nowhere what are you thinking lad it's just stupid stupid decision making and it was it it was something that ran through as a thread that went through in the entire game it was just everything he did seemed to be daft and clumsy and not thought through and I agree with you Matt there's there is not many a Malaga player and bear in mind the season we had last year and the players that we had then that have had a worse game and a Malaga shirt for a very long time.
0: Yeah. He just looked completely lost out there, didn't he? He just he sort of like looked it just looked like he didn't know how to be a footballer, let alone a, a defender. It was really, really bad. And and I think I tweeted it after, but obviously guede made um uh, four substitutions. Then I think didn't he um to try and change things up, and I don't know if it was the substitutions or was it getting rid of Bustinza. But well, I actually thought we played a bit better with ten men. Um, we should say the quadruple substitution was Juan de Gennaro and Chavarria coming on ah uh, with Loren. Sorry, um, for Fransol, Castro Viaba and Gayar. Um. I guess we should talk about the subs here. Um, I didn't think any of them did too much wrong actually, but I thought Lorraine was magnificent and just seemed to be fun and had a spark about him and seemed, yeah, he was just fun to watch. Um, and made me think maybe this guy should be starting actually. Uh, what did you make of, uh, Lorraine, uh, Alex?
2: I want to see more of them. you know
0: oh god yes.
2: Played, played, played some played some you know good passes quite accurate with, with all of them pretty much I think he had one pass that didn't didn't make it Um, you know he, he was getting in and around the right areas he was busy he was you know working his socks off you know he even had a shot on target which you know is nice to see yeah um, within so, a minute yeah.
0: I think wasn't it it was pretty much his first or second touch
2: yeah. So, no, I think you know, the more of him we can see, the better. And I just don't really understand why he's not been playing. It
1: just baffles me, really.
0: Uh, are we up for seeing more Loren, Nick?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, like you say, he, when you've got those kind of strikers up top, you know the, the the security and the safety is in playing your more experienced players. But maybe to play with the coefficient, if you've got 41, 41-year-old Ruben Castro... Maybe sticking with a twenty-year-old just to <laughs> even it out a little bit because he's got the legs and he's got the excitement and he'll worry people as well. You know, if you were to stick him on uh, that Nacho lad for Tenerife, for example, you know he's what 34, thirty-four, mm. thirty-five, thirty-six. He's he's already in his head. You know what I mean? He's he's two steps ahead of him. It's that fear from the youth, as Alex always says. These youngsters are here to replace us, Matt.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so 100% I'd love to see him more I'd love to see him up top with either Castro or salt. I don't think Chabaray did too much wrong but I don't no. think he did too much right either um, but for me the big, big thing about that quadruple substitution that is the moment I realised that it was up for yeah. I went, That's that's a man who is trying to cling on and he's willing to do anything to uh to try and change something and make it a quadruple substitution is like the yeah it it makes you feel sorry for him really
0: just yeah i totally agree with that when i saw and obviously the subs were it was quite difficult to work out so what's the plan here and i could see him scribbling something on his notepad goede so there was a plan but it did seem a bit panicky um just quickly on chavaria there i actually felt that Chavarria and Lorraine together played a lot better than Castro and François did though I'm not saying Chavarria was as explosive as uh, Lorraine, but he he played okay I thought Chavarria he held it up quite nicely um, and they seemed to have a, quite a good understanding because I think I said last week or maybe the week before I don't think François was very good again I thought he was Kaya Quintana mark two again and I'm a little bit concerned there eh? but you know new manager I'm, I'm ha- happy for him to prove me wrong you know, most definitely. Um, here we go. We build into the headline act of this game, I guess. And the thing that's been on social media the most, uh, Tenerife's second goal, which came via a penalty. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to insult either of you and ask, do you think it was a penalty or not? Um, so for those that haven't seen it, the ball sort of goes in the box. Juan Fran gets in front of the attacker, sort of gets... Bundled into by the attacker a bit, and Tenerife get a penalty. I think that's a fair summary of things. Uh, Alex, what, 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 just what, what do you think happened here? Talk to me about this.
2: I think. I mean, you know, uh, it's hard. I, you know, every time I look at it, I think, well, how? I, I don't know what the ref sees. I don't know what VAR sees. You know, it, it just it baffles me. Really, I've seen. Quite a few bad decisions in my time, but that's
0: probably up there as one of the worst. I think. Um, yeah, honestly, I think I tweeted about it. I honestly, I know people say this all the time about offside. It was the worst VAR decision ever in regards to penalties. I don't think I've seen a worse one like in any league. I, like, obviously, I'm sure, if I went back through games and did a lot of research, I could find some. But you know, just off the top of my head, I can't think of anything worse. Than you, Nick.
1: It's a complete heads gone from, from the ref, really, and kind of epitomised his, his game. The fact that the only decision he got right to send off Bustinza in this match. The the fact of the matter is, is that he's gone to the video assistant referee. He must have them in his ear. He's not bothered to go look at a monitor. What they're watching in that, wherever they are, that what's the equivalent of having a a, a a VAR lorry outside the Referees Association England in Spain, like one in Madrid or something?
0: Well, what's the name of the place what? in um UK? What's this? Something Park? Oh, I forgot.
1: Yeah, something like... Oh. It's not St. George's Park, is no. it? It's somewhere else. I'm trying to think something of the Spanish
0: equivalent of it or so, but never mind, carry on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, the Spanish equivalent would probably be in a port cabin outside Seville or something like yeah. that. Um, but... It's, it's just the fact I just don't know what they were seeing. I don't know what they were watching because it is clear every time you saw the replay, it, the challenges on Juan Fran, he's absolutely nowhere near committing a foul on, um, I think it was uh, Gaiao, you know. So he, he, had a re- he was absolutely 100% right to go off on a rant uh, at the end of the game because what a stupid decision. <laughs> and I can't tell if he went to VAR or not. I can't tell if he actually went and checked with them. They were talking in his ear, but he just seemed so certain that he was going to give the penalty and that was that. That Yeah, bizarre, bizarre.
0: Yes, and the, the, the thing was that I think they had the camera certainly on Juan Fran at the time or maybe... Seconds after the decision, they said, "Yeah, that's a penalty." And his face—I've ne- like that was genuine shock of like he was so confident, and rightly so, there'd be overturned. That uh, you could see his face just go, "What?" And I think he said in his uh, rant post-match, that "He'd never, he's never seen anything like that." Uh, just for those, uh, just quickly, just to get this cleared up. Just for those shouting at us, um, it's Stockley Park is where VAR is. I just googled it very quickly, so. Parque de Stockley is where VAR is.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, what, what it, it begs a question again: What are they there for? What what is their role? Why are we? It, it just baffles me that you know last year so much was decided by VAR. I know this season they've asked maybe the referee to take responsibility <coughs> of those on-field decisions, haven't they? But it's still there. You can still use it. Mm. And when you've got a decision that is important as that. Because again, I don't think Tenerife were on top at that time. No, they They weren't exactly pummeling us. Um, The game was was open. The game was there for the taking, and it's just it 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 just begs the question: what you're actually there for? What you involved in?
0: And you know, you could argue that obviously it's a big decision for Malaga because obviously we are stuck down towards the bottom now. But you could argue that decision has cost a man his job as well. you know, we like you said, we were doing quite well with 10 men, I thought, up until then. And obviously, when we went 2-1 down, we had to sort of, well, we didn't have to. But maybe Pablo Guede thought, well, my job's gone if I don't do something here. I'll just throw everything at it. And uh, that's what leads to the third goal. I, I don't really think we need to put too much analysis into the third goal. We'd sort of gone forward. They'd counterattacked three on one for most of it. I think it might have been three on two in the end. Uh, Manolo Reina saves a powerful shot, goes back to them. They pass it across the goal to Teto, who uh, scores. And weirdly, VAR takes a look at that when I could not see any reason why, but it did look that at them.
1: That insult to injury. To <laughs> yeah. me. I was literally. This is when I was on my feet screaming at Telly, saying, "This is looking at really in this much depth as well." Because didn't just take a quick yeah, yeah. glance at it. They went over it a few times to check. I think one of the lads was offside, but yeah they didn't cover themselves in glory at at this point did
0: they so i'm guessing by now you you the book you'd started reading was on the floor by now was it
1: oh uh, it was through the window i was <laughs> ra- raging at this point it was through the window my wife was just trying to get on with doing her work and i'm absolutely screaming in fake spanish at the <laughs> television <laughs>
0: i it was it was funny cuz i had, i was watching it on spanish tv and uh, when they kept showing the var the the commentator just kept going goal un goal because they was just waiting yeah it's a goal it's a goal and they just kept showing he's like un goal and it, yeah, like he said it seemed to take forever and he's like see si, see si, see si, un goal and then they were like and then he blew for it it was quite funny um,
1: ironically I did feel bad for Teto in that situation yeah. with VAR getting involved because obviously it's his first goal for for Tenerife. he's a local lad, I think I saw Chris Todd say that he was literally born within a mile of the ground or something, so he's obviously ran off already and then he's got this pause and then everyone then (coughs) dials in afterwards but it's just like there's no reason for VIR to be involved in that bit whatsoever do you know no. what I mean? It's just, it's, there's, there was no need for it. And, you know, fair play to Tenerife. That, I actually quite like that goal. They really caught mm. Juan Fran once again out of position. <laughs> uh, it was a good save from Manolo Arena as well, too fair. He, he actually was a little bit better this week no, than, yeah. than he has been in previous weeks.
0: There was one cross, again, this is perhaps me just getting on his back because I'm not big on him, but there was one cross across the, like sort of high cross when he was, there was no way like I don't know where he was, and luckily it went out wide, but it was he was really just out of position a couple of times, I thought, but yeah, this was a good save, sort of sums up our season really, doesn't it that he, he saved it and it went straight back to them um Alex anything to add on this goal, or do you want to move on to chumbo and Bisnaga?
2: No, I think, I mean, the less said about it, the better, really. You know, uh, I think we can move on to, well, trouble with Nagger, and the quicker we can get away from this Tenerife game, the better.
0: <laughs> yes, the quicker we get away, the better. And um, we should add, actually, just before we... Started recording. We did accidentally phone Chris Todd, who was with us last week, and he was happy to chat about Tenerife's win uh, very briefly. But he was quite quite good about it. To be fair to him, um, he did admit that it wasn't a penalty, but of course he did because you couldn't say anything different. Uh, Chumbo and Biznaga, um, uh, th- this I'll introduce the sort of surprise part of this in a second. So I'll, I'll start with uh, I'll start with you, Nick. Um, I think we all know where we're going with Chumbos here but I'll let you say first.
1: There's only one true, I think there was many candidates, but there's only one true person that it could be, and that's got to be Bustinza, yeah. who was just um, as far from a f- football player as could be on uh, Monday night.
0: Would we say, Alex, uh, a Jumbo Nazzo?
2: Yeah, I yeah. think, I think uh, that's fair to say. I think you know Bustinza for me as well. You know, I mean, for a player of his experience, as Nick said earlier, to go in like that on a on a yellow card already, get yourself sent off when you you know the game's highly poised at one all is just beyond me. So yeah, Bustinza for uh, for Chumball for me,
0: and I'll say Bustinza too for reasons we've talked about already. But um, you might have noticed the pod's a little bit quieter this week without um, our crazy Dutch Spanish friend, but joining us. Just before he goes to work, from nowhere, it should have been like WWE and you had entrance music, like sort of when the glass smashes for Stone Cold Steve Austin. But here is Chris Marquez to give his chumbo. Chris.
4: Hi, guys. <laughs>
0: money, money, money. <laughs> knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there?
4: It's me, motherfucker.
0: <sighs> oh, that's okay. there's, the, there's the beep. Beep. It's a long beep.
4: <laughs> Can you call me from now on Mr. finalist Chris Marquez please.
0: Okay, Mr. finalist Chris Marquez, give us your chumbo and uh, chumbo.
4: My chumbo is for
0: Bustinza. Okay. Do you want to do you want to add anything on him we we've given our thoughts on him.
4: Does it need any
0: explanation? I don't think so. I think we did cover him in. Um, <laughs> we didn't cover him in glory. I can tell you that. Um, okay. Can I
4: give a special one to the ref?
0: Yes, you can give that. Definitely. He, he he has been mentioned during this last half hour, as you'd as you'd expect.
4: Did you guys know that uh, Malaga is uh, well? Let's get contact in contact with La Liga. Ah yes. Or, or with the. A free commission. I you did. already said that.
0: No, I didn't say that, but I, I made a note of it and forgot to mention it at the start. Yeah, Manolo Gaspar, I think has said. Uh, yes. um, and as you pointed out, um, just as you joined the call, Chris, that uh, you're surprised Manolo Gaspar hasn't lost his job. So we didn't really mention that earlier. But uh, yes, Manolo Gaspar is still it at Malaga Club de Football. But uh, we'll talk about players we want to stay and players we're giving a biz of to. Judging from our chat earlier about one player. I think I know where this going, but I might be wrong, so I'll go to you first, Nick. Uh,
1: my business for this week is going to be uh, Alfred
0: Ndai. Okay, that's not where I thought it was going, but he was my second choice. So, yes.
1: I think he did really well, and I think as well, for, for the most part of the game, he looked like he was playing with an injury as well.
0: Yeah. I,
1: so, I think that he had such high standards whilst being a bit cropped is um, is indicative of the kind of player we've got on our hands this year.
0: Yeah, and when we made that quadruple substitution, I thought to myself, "Oh well, Ndaiye looks a bit awkward there. Obviously, he's going off, but nope, he stayed on and battled through." Yeah, I think that's a good shout for Biznaga, uh, Alex. I'm going to go with Ndaiye as well. And oh. I, I won't.
2: Give it to Lorraine because he came in as a substitute, but he would have been my pick. I think he was fantastic. So, no, I think, yeah, NDIA continues to be the, the force that we know he is and that we knew he was from when he was at the club not too long ago, which feels even longer than it should be, you know, five, four years ago now. So, yeah, NDIA with I think, another another bisnaga from me.
0: 90 minutes or not that I think the most lively, most fun, most inventive, most confident player on the pitch for me was Lorenzo Uniga. When he came on, I thought he was absolutely superb and get him on the pitch for the next game, I say. Uh, Chris, you're Biznaga.
4: I'm with you, mate. Team Lorenz Uniga.
0: Great stuff. Um, Chris, uh, you, we're, I'm guessing by the time we get to the next part, we're going you have... You are, going to be, you are going to be on your way to work. So do, do you want yes. to add anything quickly on this part? You're looking sexy with that kit, Matt. What is it for kit? It's a, it's a Paris FC Red Star shirt. Oh, pa- sorry, Paris Red Star. Sorry, my teams
4: mixed yeah. up. Matt looks very sexy with that kit on. Thank
0: you.
4: Um, what else there is to say? Yeah, Malaga had, had the blue sh- uh, new shirt. It's a training kit. With the roses, it's the second kit, but then in blue. Really? Yeah.
0: What, we wore a different kit?
4: No. No, it's them at the club shop. It's like a, it's training, a training kit. kit. Oh, it.
0: right, sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you meant we wore a different shirt for this game. I was very confused no. then. Oh, that's fun.
4: Like It looks very nice.
0: Oh, I'll keep an eye out for that. But obviously, I've got one rose shirt now. I can't really buy another. Um, Yeah. I I think my... Go on, say.
4: I have one more thing before I go. Because you will all forget about it and will not say it like I do. We've
0: done it, but I know where you're going.
4: We are nominated for an award. We are. And we never ask for anything. I guess. Are we asking for things?
0: I don't know. <laughs> we
4: have asked... Yeah, we asked to subscribe. We don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> but now we really uh, care. So I'm begging you, please, oh, please, vote for the Giri cast. And, um, maybe we can do, like, a, a, a come together in Manchester with the listeners. I'm going... Alex is going, and maybe Nick is going. Maybe.
1: Got to seek approval. Got right. to put in I, I, the, I've uh, got to be honest
0: with you, Chris. TV. You came on and said we wouldn't do it properly. I think I think Nick Bell's trumped you here. His his, his campaign of how to vote for us earlier was was much better. His come together. Yeah, come his all together speech was much better. I'm sorry.
4: I I saw an open Skype meeting. It's very easy to break into our uh, uh, recordings of uh, yeah. of the podcast, by the way.
0: Okay. Well, we've already, we've had Chris Todd on by accident okay. earlier. So, yeah, it is.
4: <laughs> okay, guys. So, uh, enjoy.
0: Okay. Thank you, Chris. Uh, there's our special Not guest well. for today, Chris Marquez. Um,
4: yes. And vote or die trying.
0: <laughs> vote or die trying. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Let's move Bye. on then. To the next part of this week's podcast where we look ahead to Peppy Mal's first game in charge. <laughs> So as always, we are going to finish the podcast by looking ahead to this weekend's game, which is at La Rosaleda this Saturday against Villarreal Bay. And of course, it is the first game of the Pepe Mel era. Um, we had him on last week. Uh, for those that didn't listen last week, Alex Fitzpatrick of the excellent Spanish Segunda show has agreed to give us a little snippet of audio about our opponents each week Um if you want more than a snippet, why not go listen to their podcast? It's very good. But here he is to tell us a little bit about Villarreal Bay
5: on Saturday night. Malaga take on Villarreal Bay on Saturday evening, and it's a cracking opportunity for them to break that duck at home. That long, is it, nine, ten-month streak without a win at La Roza Later, on the face of it they should win the game there's a few things going in the favour first of all it is the international break and not one but two of Villarreal Bay's goalkeepers are called up on international duty so they will have their third choice goalkeeper between the sticks but also their away record they won on the opening day away to Racing Santander but since then they've lost 3-0 away to Granada and 4-1 away to Levante so a little little bit travel sick for Villarreal Bay they play a nice 442 lovely football a real good addition to Segunda Despite what Chris Marquez is about to tell you about B teams, they are a real addition this lot. Um, Lothano, who plays on the left-hand side, is one to look out for for them. He scored three goals in five games, three kicks from the edge of the box, shots from distance. He's got an awful lot of quality in that left foot of his. They also have Ferninho, the centre-forward, who played with Villarreal's uh, first team in La Liga two years ago and Mallorca in La Liga last season. He is up front for them and got his first goal last week. That said, it could well be three points for Malaga if they play their cards right on Saturday night.
0: Excellent stuff. So, um, I guess the big headline um, for me to take from that is is the goalie situation. There's a, a third choice goalie for a B team, and no disrespect to B teams, and Chris Marquez isn't here to have his usual rant, which we all agree with, but after every time we do this, I say, I don't think we need to talk about B teams again, but we always do. But anyway, third choice goalie, Alex, that sounds good.
2: It does. It does. Yes. Um, you know, hopefully that uh, the the mix of strikers we've got, we can get a goal past him. <laughs> um, but, you know, something we've struggled to do this season so far. But hopefully with Pepe Mel at the helm, we can we can change that.
0: OK, um, and what about you, Nick? That uh, little snippet of um, Villarreal Bay. Um, well, I, can't, I still can't say B properly, but that little snippet of their B team um, from Alex there, anything that really jumps out at you?
1: Well, I'm going to uh, make a bold assumption that it's Ruben Gomez, who is the uh, potential third-choice goalkeeper for, for, for Villarreal Bay. Uh, it looks like he's never played a game before. Oh. by his statistics, so shoot on sight. Let's put Ruben Gomez up against Ruben Castro and see what happens.
0: Well, I really hope for your sake. Now that you've you've picked the uh, the right goalie, there. Um, they are. They have started the season very well, though. I know. Um, Alex said, you know, we could get our, our first win there. I should add as well that. I think I'm right in saying that no team has scored more goals in the league than villarreal Bay so far. Um, uh, how do you feel in general about uh, this game, Alex? Because, you know, initially, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we would have looked at playing a B team and gone, well, that's one of the places we should be aiming to get three points. But they are they are seven. So how, how do you feel about playing these right now?
2: I mean, with Malaga, I'm always worried, <laughs> especially after the loss. Know, three or four games. Um, you know, there's some signs to be confident for. You know, playing against the third choice keeper, who, if Nick's got the right one, has never played professional football before. So, you know, there, there's signs to look at, and you know, something to be positive about. But you never know with Malaga. I think the one thing we can maybe expect is because it's a new manager, we have that buzz. He sorts out, you know, a few of the problems that we've got going on. So, you know, we, we can only hope for good things.
0: And I should add that uh, Villarreal Bay, um, they've, got, um, they've got the most goals in the league, but I don't think it'll surprise you too much that we have the worst defence in the league. So I think it's, uh, it's clear to see where uh, Pepe Mel needs to sort of, you know, start this week. I think, um, I think uh, Matt earlier, when he gave us his little uh, breakdown of his time at Las Palmas said that uh, one of the positives he could bring to us is that he'll create a base and I think that's perhaps where we need to start at the moment. Uh, Nick, any sort of general views about this game? How do you feel?
1: Uh, I think it's an opportunity, especially with the new manager coming in and um, what Alex was saying about them being not as good uh, as away as they are at home, can maybe give us that uh, opportunity to get over this really bad hoodoo that we've got at the minute. You know what I mean? Like it really does feel like we haven't won at home for a very, very long a, time. Which a is home not great. do.
0: Um, <laughs> a
1: home win would be really good uh, around about now. Yes. Um, I was just keeping a little look at um, what Alex had mentioned before uh, about uh, Antiveros. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we weren't 100% sure whether he's going to be there, but apparently he's played a few times this season for Villarreal Bay as well. So, Ooh. again, is it really a B team if you've got a player like Javier Antiveros amongst your ranks? In Ferninho, and Ferninho, I, I remember in being quite that good.
0: Yeah. A bit older. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm sure that he'll be welcomed back into La Rosaleda, um, in, you know, with loving arms. As uh, you know, me and me and Alex travelled to Fuenlabrada away last year, and it, it was all very nice towards him, wasn't it, Alex? It, it was. I think you know, uh, chance along
2: with siempre fuiste una rata, which is you know always something to be welcome uh, as, a, as a player returning against your former team. I must add, actually, also that. Um, my uh, my, well, my favourite footballer, Jack Harper, used to play for VLALB and he, he got a few goals when
0: he was playing there. So yeah, you never know. Did, did you say I must add? Did he really? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Don't worry, we we do enjoy a tangent, and I think I've taken us down enough meet you tangents. Um, that I I cannot say anything there. Um, let's turn it back towards Malaga then. Um. I, I guess we did touch on it with our Biznagas, with Loren, and I, I totally agreed with you guys that I thought Ndai was the other standout performer of that game again. Um, you know, Fairbass had glimpses again. What is there any other positives to take from that Tenerife game that we could take into this game, apart from our manager getting sacked, maybe? No. OK. Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to answer you, I totally agree. I was going to see if you could pull out anything apart. From, I suppose we've mentioned the positives already. Unless there's any you feel we've missed, Alex. Uh,
2: you know, I think the new manager is always going to have that, you know, that feeling in the squad that you know they'll want a, a brush of and, you know, fresh air and fresh <laughs> air use, something hopefully. The, the clouded air that was around maybe when it was around because you know from certain things you, you obviously you realise that the players will want to impress the new manager and get their, their starting place in the in the eleven shored up so hopefully they'll be on their best behaviour and wanting to work their socks off
0: OK so we'll we'll go a little bit back towards Pepe Mel um, I'm sort of stealing from the uh, the Incredible Football Clichés podcast here where they always talk about uh, managerial in-trays and uh, obviously recently they've been talking about uh, how this term in-trays has gone into the wider world, like what is Liz Truss's uh, in-tray and what's King Charles's in-tray. So what's Pepe Mel's in-tray looking like? What does he need, you know, what are sort of maybe the two or three things he needs to work on right away, um, would you say? Either of you, I'll let, I'll let you decide who goes first with that one. It's quite a big question, I guess.
1: Uh, I think that the the, the the main one has got to be working on the defence. And if we maybe go to that other cliche where I said before, he's a bit like a Spanish Sam Allardyce, then that is something he's definitely going to be working on. But let's not forget as well that Pepe Mel was a uh, a fairly decent striker hmm. back in his prime. Um, dare I say one in two, judging by the uh, the statistics I've seen this evening. So again, getting them firing, getting a tune out of Ruben Castro, who you said earlier, Matt. You know he knows him very, very well. So how can we get that best out of him? And the thing is, if you get the best out of Ruben Castro, then you'll start to pick up points really quickly.
0: Not, not only, uh, Nick, and I'll be honest with you, I did not know this fact until about an hour before we started recording. Not only did he score a lot of goals, but he's a former Pachichi winner in the Segunda for Betis, which uh, I don't know. I'd never really thought about Pepe Mel, the player, until this past 24 hours. Um, we should add as well, like, um, we haven't mentioned it yet, of course, but it's, I think we always mention this podcast every time we used to play Las Palmas. I would always ask Matt Rains, has he read Pepe Mel's books yet? Because for those that don't know, um, he sort of wrote these Dan Brown style sort of thrillers. And I don't know, may, maybe this means we've got to read them now as to if if we're going to cover Malaga Club de Football, we, we need all bases covered. Is there anything hidden in um, these texts about esoteric things? Is there something esoteric about his football management style in there? It's a... Uh, there's your homework, boys, for the for the next few months. Um, before you know, try and read it before you get sacked. <laughs> um, it is strange now
1: that our squad and our team have got more published books than do goals. <laughs> it's very odd. <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's, jokes aside. I think you actually can't be far. Off. If it wasn't for maybe Dan Mirandes, um, the free day. I think Pepe Mail's got four books, or maybe I think he might have four. Fiction books. He might have actually a book about football. And yes, got Fran Sol's book. So there's at least five or six. It's close. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Who's All next right. to write a book? Um, Husserbed, The Invisible I... Man. Way <laughs> <laughs> I'd
1: like to read uh, Ascassi's book, but I think it'd be more like an interpretive book <laughs> where it's just angry pictures. It's it's lots book. of red and black crayon. What are they
0: like they call...
1: something from the ring.
0: Yeah, there's, funny enough, we were talking about here in work the other day, there is something called free writing, isn't it? Where you just open a page and you just do what you want. It's, I guess, I guess it's like the, the jazz version of writing. Um, yes, it's Cassie on the jazz version of writing. That would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, let us know if you're writing any books, uh, anyone in the Malaga squad. Um, um, yeah, we were talking about in trades. I think you, you've talked, I think you had two good ones there, Nick. I think it's the obvious ones, isn't it? Concede less gold, score more and, uh, you know, we do have a guy, you know, no, doesn't matter if he's 41. We, he was scoring plenty of goals in this league last year and he can still, still think he can do it this year. Um, you know, the guy hasn't had a chance really, has he? And, you know, when he, when he has had chances, he's either made them by himself and been quite unlucky. Like, you know, for example, against, uh, Caro in that Burgos game where Caro had an amazing game and seems to be having an amazing season or, um, yeah, he's had, nof- he's had nothing over the last few games, really. Um, Alex, um, um, Pepe, I forgot his name for a second. Then Pepe Mel's tray, What do you think should be in there?
2: More of Lorenzo, I think. And yeah, I think less of Escassi in defence and more of Fabas and then the Ia in the midfield together. I think.
0: Yeah, I think these are. If he, these are things we've said on the podcast for the last few weeks. So, you know, if anyone wants to, pop, you know, push Pepe Mel in the direction of us and give us a listen, we can we can try our best to to advise him there. We we are nominated for an award. If anyone wants to pass that on to him, if he wants to vote for us, Miss you know, Senior Mel, if you if you're up for voting, that would be very much appreciated. Um I suppose that thing we should finish. Does
1: make it really sad, though. Pardon. One thing does make me really sad at
0: the end of this Pablo Guede era. And that is? We never got to see the Dolce & Gabbana shoes. Oh, my God, we never got to see the Dolce & Gabbana shoes. I, th- I thought we did. Mm-hmm. Well, I oh. said he wore
2: them at home this season against, I think
1: it was Las Palmas.
0: Oh, God. He must have realised they were cursed then and...
1: Yeah, was going to say. I didn't really see the shoes in the Las Palmas game because my
0: head was in uh, <laughs> other... <laughs> Well, yeah. No, I'm
1: pretty
0: sure more than to Las Palmas at home. Okay. I'm going
1: to fact-check you, Alex.
0: Fact yeah, because uh, so, so let, let's be totally honest here. If that is the case, we may as well just say, like, let's take that a- award nomination away from us because we should have been all over that. And if we weren't, we are a disgrace. So... If you are right, Alex, I'm going to be really annoyed. Um, yes, that is um, that is sad. We didn't get. Well, I didn't get to see them. I, I was up in the gods of La Rosaleda, um, so I couldn't see them. Uh, just quickly, then I guess the next two games: Villarreal be at home, and then Racing away. Um, two massive games now, aren't they? Already.
1: Just to confirm, he wasn't wearing the Dolce and Gabbana shoes.
0: Oh. Right. Alex oh. Ashmore, you have had your oh, nomination zero. taken away. Um, it's been a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Guerres just smashed it up. He's like, no, no, they they were the Gucci ones. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, back away from footwear um, to football. Uh, I don't know. I, I just said these are massive games. Am I going too soon? This is a mental league. Four, we're four points away from that uh um, the safety positions I know we shouldn't really be looking at the league too much at the moment but there it, it, it is a bit of concern isn't there so these next two games do you think we need at least four points do we need six
2: I think the most important thing is getting the performance right and I think you know if we can start to see improvements in the performance then we can have more confidence that the points will come with them I think you know like you said it's probably too early on to start getting worried about our league position but if we don't start seeing improvements in the performance, then we might have to start worrying.
0: Spoken like a true football manager there, Alex, but yes, I think you are.
2: I, like Potter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think um I think I, I would agree with that, but I do think we need to get a win on Saturday, I just feel would absolutely just like La Rosaleda we should add is still there's still I think we've got the highest average attendance in the league, I think I read. Um, it's still rocking. If, if we get a result there, first time in ten months, oh my god, it'll be it'll be chaos, and uh, I think that will kickstart us a little bit more. And yeah, hopefully we don't have a ten month hoodoo. Um, you know that that that's that gone, and we can build a ten a month winning streak. Hopefully, instead, um, that would be nice. Uh, any final thoughts, Nick, on uh, Malaga against Real Bay or anything? It's a must win. Oh. I think,
1: like you say, it, it it breaks down barriers of confidence. I know people don't tell us to look at the table this early on the season, but if you're a Malaga player and you're seeing yourself second to bottom, not winning games, it doesn't really put you in a great mindset. Two wins back-to-back gets you a good six points. Obviously, the table will change around that, but it sticks you firmly in mid-table. and That's a much more comfortable place to be and gives you a foundation to go and... Um, you know, hopefully do something incredible because we've got the whole season left to go. I know um, I saw some people on Twitter writing that, you know, the appointment of Pepe Mel, the uh, way we've been playing so far this season, means that we are aiming for mid-table obscurity. Let's bring back the positives. Let's say that that playoff and that promotion picture is still there. It's further away than it was before, but it is still there just in the distance, like a mirage.
0: Like, like, like I said earlier, like we're just getting on board the highway to Mel he's, he's taking us and we're going to, we're going to hit the speed limit soon and soar off into the distance. Uh, hopefully. Okay. That, that seems a very positive way to end this week's podcast. I think Nick with that. Let's get back to the positives. The Guerre thing's done. No more graffiti in training grounds. No more chance of Veteyar. I'm sure they will be still at Manolo Gaspar though, but all positive for now. Um, until a bad run starts inevitably, and we start moaning again. So, uh, Alex, anything you want to add before I say tara Well, vamos Pepe Mel and vamos
2: Malaga.
0: Vamos Pepe Mel, vamos Malaga. Thank you, Alex Ashmore. Thank you, Nick Bell.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Vamos Pepe Mel, and can we, do we can we call him Super Pepe? Super Peppino, something like that, or is that
0: copyright? Uh, well, no, and Peppino does sort of mean cucumber. <laughs> I don't think we can. Co- <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, just I did tell him. I did encourage him to listen to this podcast. So he didn't mean that we. Um, yes, we go with Super Pepe. Maybe no. Then let's let, let's leave the supers for now. Let, let's uh, let's just stick with a uh, good old good old Pepe Mel and Ole. What what was the, have you seen the video of the kid singing? Ole Pepe, ole Mel. Um, go check out that video if you find it's the best kid going off on a tangent again. So let's wrap things up. So thank you, Nick. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, you, the listener, for listening. Uh, please do go and vote for the Giri Cast if you have a spare 30 seconds or so. I promise you it does not take very long. You don't have to sign up for email or anything like that. You just, Go to Best New Content Creator on the Football Content Awards website and you go to the bar which says GiriCast and vote for us. And if you see any names of people who have been on this podcast, I think Ellis is up for an award who's been on, uh, well, on this podcast and done other stuff with us. Go vote for Ellis Platten too. And anyone else, I can't think of any other links right now, but go vote for us. Thank you, everyone. I've been Matt Harrison. You've been listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios. Vamos, Malaga. And vamos, Pepe Mel.